Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Two weeks ago, I wrapped up. I didn't wrap up. I I had kind of touched and hinted on a topic of wisdom. One of the things that we are lacking most of uh, in this uh, generation, and I want to continue to speak on this topic, and I want you to be patient with me today as I prepared, uh, was preparing for uh, this teaching this week, I had in my heart that I wanted to focus on two things in particular, um, discipline, discipline, and respect. We're going to talk about these two uh, areas. And, um, and so I want you to be patient with me as I develop this today. And then next Sunday, we're going to get right into the crux of this. So if this is your first time with us, I am uh, Pastor Jose and I lead. Uh, I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, together with our amazing staff, volunteers, and the most amazing people, we just want to say welcome, welcome to our church. We hope you have an amazing time. We hope that you have an amazing time. So we're going to get right into uh, scriptures today, and we're going to get right into the teaching. I want you to go with me to Leviticus. We're going to go into Leviticus, and I want to use this as a as just a, a reference point for what I want to talk about today, and then I'm going to continue to flow as quickly as I can to get you out of here no later than 3.15. <laughs> I love you all. I really do. I love you. And I, I'm 315. There's Hector. Hector's in the house. My son, Hector, <laughs> is in the house. Hector, thank you. Hector treated us to dinner on, on what was it, Friday? Friday treated us to dinner. Thank you, man, for doing that, bro. He said, hey, you guys pick a place. I said, let's see. Anything that's expensive, let's work. And we said, let's, that's where we're going to go. Expensive, expensive stuff. I'm going to get mine back. <laughs> Serious, man, you raise your kids, man. You, anytime they invite you to dinner, don't go to no cheap places, man. Go to the most expensive places. Don't feel sorry. Don't, don't feel sorry for them. You papa, you mama, you got to learn that. Yeah, all right. So keep them coming, Hector, keep them coming. <laughs> Leviticus chapter 19, and I'm just using this as just a reference point to to, to, to begin our topic today. The Lord also said to Moses, there, there's a conversation between two here. There is the Lord God speaking to Moses. Moses is delivering the people of Israel out of their captivity in Egypt. And God has given Moses some instructions. And he said, give the following instructions. Do we have the scripture up? Give the script. No, we don't have the scripture up. No, no. Leviticus chapter 19, verse one, verse one and two. No. So, all right. So I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. And then I'll have a meeting with you all after the service. <laughs> the Lord also said, this, these are the instructions. Give the following instructions to the entire community of Israel. So here is God speaking to Moses, and he tells Moses, hey, I have some instructions 
for you to give the entire community. Here you have a man that's speaking on behalf of God to a community of God's people. When we go to Proverbs uh, 28, do we have Proverbs 28? Oh, we're really going to talk. Proverbs 28, verse 26. The, oh, she got up. When she gets up, she ain't messing around. Look, she got up. Dave, look, David's running. There's, you can't exit that way, David. Look, he's climbing through the, dro- through the drop ceiling. <laughs> Proverbs 28, verse 26 says, Those who trust in themselves are fools. I didn't say that the scripture said that. Those who trust in themselves are fools. But those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. This is why I wanted these scriptures to be up. So I wanted you to take them. That's Proverbs 28, 26. We have it up. Wonderful. See how see how that happened? She got up. Scriptures happened. Amen. Telling you, man, ladies hold it down here, man. They don't mess around. Ladies hold it down. The pursuit of wisdom more than ever before is in a state of constant decline. You know, with the birth of the internet amongst Christians, we have seen that there's been such a decline of wisdom in most of our churches today. And if I were to narrow that down further, it would actually be more and more evident among our males. Fellas, don't get upset with me. But this is, a, this is I want to minister to your lives in this area. In 1972, changes were made to the 1964 Higher Education Act that had made, had made a law with the intention of promoting gender equality in church, I'm sorry, in, in, in schools and in the education system. So when this amendment took place in 1972, there were only 42% of the students that had enrolled in college were women. That was in 1972 when this amendment was made to this 1964 law. 12, there was a 12% point gap in, the, in, in proportion of bachelor's degrees that had been earned by men compared to women at that time. Then in 1982, the gap closed. The unexpected thing happened. Then the gap started to widen in the opposite direction. By 2019, the, the, the gap in bachelor's degrees that were earned and awarded by women was now even wider at 14 points than it had been in 1972. Listen to these quotes. Carol Francis, the former chief uh, economist at the American Council on Education, describes it as phenomenal, surging, spectacular. These are her quotes. Uh, Stephen Vincent Lankrin, he was the senior or is the senior analyst of um, the Center of Educational Research and Innovation, says it is astonishing. People can't believe it. Hannah Rosen, in her book, The End of Men, you could look that book up, The End of Men. Hannah Rosen, the author, said this. It is the strangest and most profound change of the century. Even more so because it is unfolding in a similar, pretty much in a similar way, all over the world. The interest of men becoming educated continues to decline 
why women continue to increase in advance. Solomon is considered to be the wisest king in the Bible. And after his death, his son Rehoboam replaced dad. He was the successor. Shortly after uh, Rehoboam succeeds his father as the king, there was an issue that ensued in the kingdom as the kingdoms had divided. They had split into two kingdoms. And they thought that Rehoboam, the new king, was going to unify the two kingdoms. But listen to what scripture tells us about this young king. First Kings verse 12 tells us, but Rehoboam, you can say that word with me. He what? Let's wake up. He what? Rejected. Rejected the advice of the, of the what? Of the what? Of the what? want you not to forget if you are in here and you are 50 plus I want you to know that you are more relevant to this culture than ever before I want you to know that and the reason I started at 50 is uh, because okay <laughs> rejected the advice of the older men and and instead. instead he asked the opinion of the young men who had grown up with him and were now the wisest king in the history of the Bible had a staff of counselors and advisors that was readily available to this new young king. But the new young king rejected that counsel because he wanted to be counseled by his peer. And this isn't much different from today. In fact, there's a generation cap, gap that continues to widen more as the years and the days go by. There is this peer-to-peer -peer influence today among our children and kids, teens and young adults. It outperforms parental and child influence. A child today spends more time ingesting hours upon hours of unfiltered and unsupervised content than in any other generation. Most American homes today have a flat screen TV in every bedroom. Most American homes today have a flat screen TV in every bedroom. If that's not enough, along with TVs in the bedrooms, there are now desktop computers, laptops, tablets, and the age when our children are given a smartphone gets younger and younger and younger. You ever see a child with a smartphone? Where they navigate through it, they laugh at us. Whether deliberate or not, information and communication between generations is eroding. With every decade, with advance, the advancement of technology. Technology was supposed to make us smarter and better. See, the transfer of information today between generations varies more than ever before. Family from family to family and generation to generation. We no longer hear the same music in a household. Listen to that. In a household, we no longer listen to the same music. We no longer watch the same shows and we no longer watch the same movies. We no longer have the same interests in the same household. 
Today, everybody in a household can search the internet and via social media, any social media platform, they can find a community that fits preference, community of people that they prefer. They call them friends, their followers, their fans. You ever hear children today? You know what they discuss? How many followers they have. That's what interests them. The point that I'm trying to make is that the current state of where we are today as a people, as a family, as a church, as we known, as we have known it in years past, is no more. The church has always had a responsibility and an obligation to our children to train, to develop a younger generation behind us, to be healthy and mature for Christ regardless of the social pressure in our world today. But, but we have to sound the alarm and pay close attention to what's happening all around us, to what's happening in our very homes. Timothy was a child that was groomed by two generations of God-fearing women. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. This was good. This was a good call, guys. I saw how you did that. You put the water in the cup, so it, it the branding. Guys, man, you guys are getting better. Awesome. This is really getting better. This <laughs> is our talks, our meetings. That is great. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 to 15. Scripture says, But you must remain faithful. He's, this is Paul. Paul is speaking to his protege, all right? He's speaking to Timothy, a, a, a young follower. And he says, you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You have been taught. You know they are true. So what's true? What's true? What's true? Come on, you can speak back to me. It's okay. What's true? What you've been taught is true. For you know, you, you know you can trust those who taught you. Part of the problem is that there is so much more trust in a pastor and an apostle and the evangelist and the educator than there is at home. Continue. You have been taught the what? From, from, from childhood. And they, what? What's the they? What's the they? The Holy Scriptures. Have given you the, the what? The what? Wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. But pastor, my child is finding her own or, her, or his own way. There's a problem with that. I want to pause there for a moment. And I want to reflect on what Paul is telling Timothy for a moment. Paul is telling his protege what makes something truth is the source that it comes from. Let me say that again. What makes something true, it's the source that it comes from. 
They are true for you. No, you can trust those who taught you. Unfortunately, many of our children can't trust us as parents. His parents were jacked up. Wow, this is not as inspirational as Dr. Cabrera, I know. Man, that's pulls apart. Pastor, make me jump. How does it do that? Man, I, we got to grow, man. We got to stop. We got to grow up. We just got to grow. How can your children trust you as a reliable source or trust you as a source of truth when you no longer are the main influence in their lives? Do you know that being an influencer is now a thing? Do you know that people make a, a living on being an influencer? It's a, it's a thing. Our, our children gather in front of a tablet to watch other children play with toys? Listen to what Paul says next to Timothy in verse 15. He said that you have been taught these holy scriptures from your childhood. And they, the scriptures, give what? Wisdom. They give what? Wisdom. Wisdom is so far superior than knowledge and intelligence. Wisdom is a supernatural spirit we learned two weeks ago. Who taught Timothy? Who taught Timothy? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Let's go. Check this out. I remember you. I remember your genuine, your genuine, your gen that means that if there's a genuine faith, there must be a what? If there's a genuine faith, there must be a what? A what? There's a false faith. There's a fake one. There's a counterfeit faith. And, and Paul is saying in this letter to Timothy, he's, he's saying, I remember your genuine faith for you, you, you what? Share the faith that, that first filled your moment. Louise, and not you, <laughs> Lois. And your mother. mother, Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. Timothy didn't display nor manifest a different faith that wasn't what he had received from grandmom and his mom. It was the same faith. Somebody say same faith. Same faith. Come on, somebody say same faith. Same faith. You know what the problem is today that we give religion. So we give, it's a religion is what we give. We give our, our religion or, or our tradition. Religion nor tradition is mentioned here. What is mentioned here? What is mentioned here? Faith. Grandmoms today can't give their grandchildren faith because they themselves have no faith to give. They don't. Moms can't give faith either. Because most moms today are still trying to be somebody's girlfriend. Still finding themselves. 
looking for a man to feel validated while their children are just lost. Many dads today are missing in action. They don't even want the responsibility of raising their children anymore. Why? Because it's easier to pay child support. That's a lot easier than my, my fulfillment. I want to be careful as I say this. I, I, I have yet in my almost 30 years of ministry, yet in ministry to counsel couple or young adults that have said to me that karate lessons, little league, baseball, and football, ballet classes, and music lessons were the saving mechanisms in their lives. Yet. But I can tell you of the countless men and women that have said to me in that room and in previous places where I've spoken to people of how they remember grandmom's prayer, how they remember a scripture that they read with dad, how when they were at the lowest point of lives where they were suicidal, they remember a prayer or a song. And it was a song, it was a prayer, it, it was a message that they heard, it was a Sunday school teaching that they remember that made them repent and turn around. Thank you, George. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. You should know this, Timothy, that in the that in the that in the you know, we're all paying attention to the wars. It's the wars. It's the viruses. No, pay attention to your home. The indication is in your home. In the last days, there will be very difficult times. Continue. For people will love only themselves and their money. Continue. They will be boastful and proud. Scuffing at God, disobedient to what? To what? I'm going to talk on this topic a little more. Man, you better bring a belt and put it on tight. I'm going to talk a little bit about honoring father and honoring mom. You got to change some stuff in your life if you want to have long life. And ungrateful. Man, I, I could we could teach on this long time. Ungratefulness of children. They will be they, they will consider what? Nothing, Nothing what? Sacred. Sacred. Have you seen these videos of children just hurting elders and laughing at it while they tape it? I read a story that broke my heart the other day. I was sharing it with my wife. Of, of three young men that watched a homeless man drown in their very presence. And they sat there and videotaped it until he took his last breath instead of stopping to help him. Something has happened with the morality of man. Something is happening. Continue. They will be what? They will be unforgiving. They will slander others. Have no what? Self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. Is that, is that the last one there? They will betray their what? 
Oh, and we'll talk about loyalty a little bit. We're going to talk about that a little. This generation knows nothing about loyalty. Really, knows nothing about loyalty. Nothing about honor. They will be reckless. They will be puffed up with pride, love pleasure rather than God. Can I continue there? They will act, and this is what we have today. We have a whole bunch of religious actors on Sundays. That's what, we, that's, that's what we've come down to. It's just becoming religious actors. We know exactly what to do, how to look in the eyes of man. We forget that there are some eyes that see you from the inside out everywhere you go. This doesn't matter what you do here. Doesn't absolute, it doesn't matter. It's what you're doing when there are no eyes on you. They will reject the power that could make them godly. And he says what? Stay away from people like that. A little different from what we're hearing more and more in our churches today. Put that slide up that I asked. Uh, Paul is telling Timothy that people that only love themselves, that are lovers of money, boastful, proud, scuffers of God, disobedient to parents and ungrateful to parents, unloving and unforgiving and slanderers, that have no self-control, that are cruel, haters of truth, not loyal, puffed up in pride, and the lovers of pleasure, and on and on. He says that they, they should not inform you they should not be your influence. But why is it that we find that more and more, these are the folk that are influencing our next generation? While mom and dad goes to church, these are the people that have an influence over our, their lives. You know, to hear our children today pick a different course of what faith they want. I believe in crystals and horoscopes and, and I believe in that spirit. I believe in witchcraft. And I do you, what are you, that's, Paul said that's, that's a sign of the last days. And here we are, we're praying for the war and, and we're praying for things that are happening all around us. Man, pay attention to what's happening at home. Get a grip. Get a hold of your home. I've taught, I've taught this church from the time of its inception when we started five years ago. Your home is your church. Let me say that again. Your home is your church. When we get together here on a Sunday, we bring from our churches, we bring a little bit of that here together so that we can share in our community. Our enemy, Satan, has a tight grip on our children because you've given them a foothold. You know what a foothold is? Anybody knows what a foothold? A foothold. What's a foothold? Military folk. Foothold. Trying to get over a barrier. What do you do? What do, you do? That's a foothold. That's, that's a foothold right there. Climb up over this. A foothold. Many Christians are doing this to Satan. They give Satan a foothold in their conduct at home with each other and the way they, 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 they conduct themselves. And there's, no matter, there's no wonder why your children don't believe. And I'm not speaking to you all. I don't want you to think that I'm, 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 I'm speaking to other people. It's not you guys. 
You guys are okay. You guys checked out. I, I did my re- You guys all checked out, so it's not you. Some of you, pastor speaking about me? No, but I want you to know that these teachings, they go out to many, many people. Many, many people that, that are broken, that are hurt. And, and want nothing to do with a church, with the typical traditional church. I get it. I, I get it. There's a lot of jacked up stuff happening in the churches. I get it. This is why my focus is not the church building. My focus is your home. My focus is your marriage. My focus is your parenting. That's my focus. I, I don't care how much, don't care how, how good you look in church. I want your wife to tell me how amazing of a man you are at home. Thank you. Oh, all right, I'm going to leave that there. There are two instruments of destruction that the enemy is using against us today. More so, they're not just instruments of destruction. It's the lack of these instruments or these tools in our younger generation. What are they? Discipline and respect. Discipline and respect. It doesn't take much to look around and to see online and news to hear. Our, our children, our children are, 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 now, are, are, are now terrors. They, they provoke terror in the elders. We're no longer afraid of adults. We're afraid of kids. Kids have no, no value of life. So easy for them to pull the trigger. Why? Because they sit at home practicing on a video game. And you fund it. We gotta clean our homes. Clean our not just our hearts, but clean the home. Pay attention to what's happening. These two counterparts, discipline and respect, are synonymous with each other. You can't separate respect. And discipline. You, you cannot separate those two. One feeds the other. Wherever there's no respect, there's going to be a lack of what? Discipline. And the problem is that we think that discipline is punishment. No, they're different. Punishment is a, is a, is a consequence of what we do, but not discipline. Discipline is to shape and to mold. I remember when Hector was at the house and he left, he was, he went into the military at 18, 18-ish. He was a senior in school. And, and, and so he went, he, he went to the military in his senior year of high school and he left. And I remember when he called back home, it was so funny. So I said, hey man, I'm sure this thing has been hard. He said, hard? What? You raised me. <laughs> this ain't nothing. Did you say it or what? He said, this ain't nothing. You raised me. <laughs> Literally, that's what they call my house, Jay Catraz. <laughs> I got no time to get, you, 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 don't, you don't get options where, 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 where I lead. You're not going to get options. You're the child, I'm the parent. That's how it works. And, 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 and we, we want to prepare you for the world that's out there. 
And that's our role as parents, as adults. I got your back, baby. All right. Don't just keep her down just a little bit. That's hard, too, because I know. But it's real hard. <laughs> but no, listen. Listen in all seriousness. In, in, all, in, in all seriousness. Many people think, oh, wow, God blessed you. No, God blesses you, too. You got to use discipline. The Bible says that God, the son that he loves, he what? He disciplines. Wherever there's respect, you're going to find a level of discipline instilled by a mom, a dad, a mentor, a teacher. It's tragic to see these TikTok um, new fads where the the, the educators at school are are getting bullied and hit by the students. And and then they they post it and, and likes and followers and it just spreads like wildfire to see these educators being being tormented. Do we have educators here today? Educators here? Yeah? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Times have changed. Listen to what chapter uh, Acts chapter 16 says. 16 verses 4 through 5 says, When they went from town to town, they were doing what? Instructing the believers to follow the decisions that were made by the apostles and the elders in Jerusalem. Continue, verse five. So the, Churches. so the, Churches. were what? Churches. They were what? Churches. Strengthened in their, Faith. and they, on Sundays. Every day. Every day they were growing. Why were they growing? You had a generation that would surrender to the teaching and to the instructor of someone who was older. Our, 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 our young people today, they, they run because they want, to have, they, they want to have the influence of another peer, not a mentor, not a teacher, not someone who's going to hold them accountable. Run from it. Today, more and more, we've become so busy being so wonderful on social media that when your children are showing signs of disrespect, and a lack of discipline, immediately what we do is we run to medicate them. Our country, in, in America, we have the highest numbers of medicated children than any other, any other country. America, America. It's easier, more convenient to give a pill than it is to give discipline. It's, it's easy to medicate versus taking time and invest. I, I, I remember, I remember with Hector, and, and, and he's like, man, not today. Why today? Of all the Sundays, I decided to go to church. <laughs> but I remember every time I was out shoveling the snow, you know who was with me? You know who were with me? The man in the house. All of the men in the house were out there shoveling. I still have about five shovels at home, and every time I go and I shovel snow now, they're all out of the house today. I still have them up there. My heart still, I remember those days of having all the kids lined up shoveling snow. Your mama stays inside. We're all going to be out here taking care of mama. I had Hector cut a tree with me one time. (laughs) 
And I had Hector 75 pounds holding the ladder while, you know, this frame of 110 pounds was up there on the tree holding. And I was up there cutting this tree and Hector is down there and he's trembling. <laughs> and and the, the ladder fell and I fell in between this tree. Let me tell you, not one praise came out of my mouth. <laughs> that boy heard words come out of my mouth that he had never heard. <laughs> like, what in the world? And we laughed and we laughed about it over and over. My point is that, 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 every, time, that every time the older guy in the house was doing something, my kids were not in the room playing video games. They were alongside of me learning something. You're going to learn to, to change a tire, to put air in there, to put oil. You're going to learn something. But every time I move, you're going to move alongside of me. And that's because I'm, an, I'm, the, eld, I'm the eldest, and you're going you're gonna to be alongside of me learning something. Moms, you got to get out of the way. You got to get out of the way. This, this works. Allow fathers to be fathers. I think you should clap for that one. Just, just clap for that one. Allow dads to be dads. No, he's too young. You know, he can't do it. Oh, stop it. It's going to be fine. You know, um, Alexis, I treated Alexis so much like a guy in the house that when she married David, David's like, going, I don't know if I married you or I married your dad. <laughs> David, are you not saying a word? <laughs> I marry you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And 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 it's, it's you, 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 man, you gotta. P- <laughs> Children of many churches today suffer from things that they shouldn't suffer from in our community of like-minded people: depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, eating disorders, while having moms and dads at home. While having a community as this, if, if, if Mariel isn't better, if Mariel isn't better in the community, in, in the community that they gather on Sundays, then if she's not going to be better after the fact, then guess what? I would tell stay home. Don't even go to church. It's, it defeats the purpose of going. You should be better. We Better. George and I grew up in the same church. And the reason I'm here today in front of you all is because we grew up around men. Just men. We have men that would show up. Just, they were just a whole different kind of era of men. They weren't perfect, but they were just men. And it was, it was, it was great to, to, to be around these men and be encouraged by these men and watch these men worship in church and watch these men pray in church and watch these men teach in church. Watch these men be an influence in our lives. I remember when I, I found out that, that, that George's father was his stepfather. I, I went home and I was heartbroken. I'm like, what that man's not real. He's just not, that was not your, and they're like, no, that's my, that, that, no, no. But the father that raised him was such an amazing man. He, he, he didn't just step in. He was not a step in dad. He wasn't that. He was an amazing, godly man. 
And I remember watching him sing, and I remember him teaching. And he's now gone, and I'm still we still talk about him and honor and, and honor that legacy of that man. Just amazing men. Our kids, they laugh at our presence. They don't want to be around us. They just want to be around their influence, their peers. Children don't fish with their dads or uncles or grandparents anymore. They, they don't have that time anymore. Why is this happening? Well, we read about this, and this is how I'm going to be wrapping things up in the next hour. We, you know, we got dads and moms that you just worried about how good they look on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Look how good I look, how amazing I look. It is funny, isn't it funny? Give me a chair, Hector. Bring me a chair over here. You think I'm joking? Grandmoms and moms. Paul, you know what I'm talking about, right, Paul? You don't know. Is that Nader? Yeah. I can't see. That, she's like, nope, it's not me. <laughs> I'm not saying you. I'm just, I'm, 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 but but, but it, it breaks. It just breaks my heart. The sensuality that oozes out of our women today. Oh, look how, look, look at all this. All of this. Do you believe it's 30? Do you believe that it's 40? Do you believe that all of this is 50? <laughs> and and there, there's this, there's, there, there's a perverted spirit of lust that has a grip on our people. And then you wonder why stuff happens. A foothold. It's a foothold. Your children are sensual, S sensual, just sensual. You see it in the eyes and in the, and, and in the lips. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> I, 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 and it's and it's it's funny, you know. It's funny to see how ridiculous you look. Just, it's ridiculous. No. <laughs> I told you, don't make me your friend, because I'm going to look at you. I look at yourself, and I look at Sangano. You big dummy. Look at how you just look. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. Here, Hector, can you grab that for me, Papito? Thank you, man. <laughs> and this is what he says. He says, in Hebrews, there is, there is much that we will... We would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are, you are. This is what's wrong with the church today. The church is spiritually dull. So this is not a now problem. It's been going on for a long time. 
two men were hired to chop wood by a farmer. He had a big field and he's, 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 he's hired to chop wood. One arrives at six o'clock in the morning. What time? The other arrives at 9 a.m. What time? So the first man arrives at 6 a.m. and he starts to chop. He starts, this is not the way I chop wood, guys. I don't. I chop wood like this. I do it with my bare hands, no. But, but he goes out and he's chopping wood at 6 o'clock. The one that arrived at 9 o'clock, he arrives at 9 and he's sipping his coffee. Stretching out. And then he goes into his truck for a good 15, 20 minutes while the other one is out there chopping wood. Then he goes out and he starts to chop wood. 11 o'clock, they're both entitled to a break. The one that arrived at 6 o'clock doesn't take his break. The one that arrived at 9 o'clock takes his break. He goes to his truck and he grabs his coffee and he's sipping away. I'm like, okay, sorry. And then... 12 o'clock comes around, and now they're both entitled to take a lunch break. The one that arrived at 6 o'clock said, I will not take a lunch break. But the one that arrived at 9 o'clock said, he's going to go on his lunch break, and he takes a lunch break. And then after the lunch break, um, the one that arrives at uh, 6 o'clock um, is now starting to get a little exhausted. 1 o'clock, they are also entitled to another break. But the one that arrives at 6 o'clock doesn't take that break. But the one that arrives at 9 o'clock takes that break. And he goes back to his truck and he, again, sips on his coffee. 2 o'clock comes around. He takes another break, the one that arrived at 9 o'clock. But the one that, got, that arrived at 6 o'clock never stops. By the time 3 o'clock comes around, they, they both go to punch out. They're going to punch out. And they when they when they bring out their pallets of wood, the one... Surprisingly, the one that arrives at 9 o'clock, at 9 o'clock, had more pallets than the one that had been cutting without taking a break. And he protested. That's a scam. You cheated. How can it be? You're taking breaks. I was cutting nonstop. While you were sipping away at your coffee, he said, No. I was not sipping on my coffee. That's what you thought I was doing. Every time I paused, I paused to sharpen my axe. I was cutting with a sharp axe. While you and all of your effort were out there chopping wood with a dull axe. Many Christians are out there using so much force. Listen to what Ecclesiastes says. This is how we're going to end. I want you to stand to your feet. Ecclesiastes, chapter 10, verse 10 says that using a, a requires, what does it require? So, so sharpen the blade. That's the value of what? Wisdom. It helps you. I want you to close your eyes. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.